Welcome to Cursed, a bi-weekly podcast that investigates the liminal spaces, from everyday witchcraft to the haunted and the phantasmic. Hang out with us as we explore our personal experiences with the unknown and celebrate our craft. And now, episode one, Bumps in the Night. Hi guys, I'm Cricket. I'm Bones. And we're going to talk about spirits and ghosts. Both Bones and I have been practicing witches for many years now, and we are very familiar with working with spirits and ghosts within our our own craft. So what what made you start working with, with spirits? Well, I think, obviously, before I was a witch. Back when we were little, you know, questioning things. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there's always been the connection to the other side. Uh, I probably suffered many a nightmare just in reading (laughs) stuff I shouldn't have been reading at young ages. Yes, that was was me staying up all through elementary school, reading all of the R.L. Stein novels I could get my hands on. But not not goosebumps. I was I was a I was a snob. I was a Fear Street kid. (laughs) Oh, see, okay, so yeah, I read some Fear Street, but I was all up in the goosebumps. Oh, cool. And the scary stories to tell in the dark. I don't know how many times I have read those. those. Made blanket forts and. And stayed up scaring each other and friends. So there's always been that interest. And I think my family has led me to that with always sharing stories of like, oh, this happened or I saw this. And so it was never a taboo subject. It was just understood in our house. And we always talked about it and nobody shied away from it. But that wasn't good enough for me. I had to, (laughs) I wanted those stories. I wanted those experiences uh, with the paranormal, the occult and all that. And then seeing where I am now with Hecate being a devotee of her it's okay well this is a calling to a service or however you want to put it that just seemed fitting it's a daily thing and I love every minute of it was there one particular experience that stands out to you that called you to work with anything yeah well actually my leading to Hecate started with ghosts because Mm. we had a house we rented years ago we heard the bumps in the night the animals always saw something weird stuff would get moved we're okay you know it's fine whatever until seemed to be not in a malicious way tormenting our dog but I think the dog was like over it (laughs) Um, so we thought okay well let's you know basic 101 start out it's well let's sage the house Mm -hmm. and so we smudge the house with sage back before we knew that that was problematic right (laughs) and so um and then like for some reason when i go on the uh internet and look hecate pops up and at this point i'm like agnostic and i'm not expecting i mean why would that pop up with ghost Mm. um i want to say removal but that's not you know what i mean it's just kind (laughs) of like can can you calm it down a little bit and that opened a whole other door for me where it's like okay so Am I going to work with a goddess? What is happening? What am I doing? Which then led itself to witchcraft. And it's kind of like these spirits, whether they're ancestors, nature, whatever, it's a daily working and it's a partnership with these things and relationships that you build with them. I look back now as that youngster and I'm like, holy shit, this is what 
I wanted. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of falls into place. It feels like finding a path that you were already on. You just had to kind of cut your way through it. But, <laughs> so that's that's kind of where I'm at in a, in a quick overview from being interested in it to ending up being part of my daily practice and just experience. You started young, so what what was your <laughs> what led you to um, this crazy? It's one of those things where, I don't know, as a kid, I was always the weird kid, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, weird shit would tend to happen to or around me a lot, and it still does. And my dad moved into a really old house in a very historic district uh, of a town nearby. Really strange things would start happening. We'd hear things moving around upstairs there'd be cold spots that were kind of unexplainable like we couldn't find a draft or anything like that where it would be coming from it's just in a one specific circle type area and there was nothing around it that would cause that I I started hearing things the dog was hearing things and getting super upset the room that a lot of this stuff would happen was actually the room where you know I stayed where I, I lived in and I was so afraid at the time as a kid because I grew up in a very Christian household and you know spirits weren't a thing we didn't talk about that you know, yeah, so just go to sleep. It's probably just a squirrel. It's just your imagination. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, my, my toys would move and I would hear things oh, and I would see things. And, you know, it's very much like, you know, I see dead people, you know? <laughs> yeah, fucking dolls. Like, I've yeah. always been creeped out with dolls. So if I saw some shit moving, <laughs> like uh, some kind of evil toy story, I would be like, nope. Yeah. Nope. For me, it was like stuffed animals and Lego blocks and shit like that. And I'm like, I know I didn't leave that piano Play-Doh right there. So, you know, I was very afraid as a kid. So I ended up sleeping on the couch and my mom moved out to a house in the country. And we started having a lot of stuff happen there too. Stuff that was a lot darker. And I felt very uncomfortable again. You know, I actually was like physically attacked a, a few times. So... I kind of came to witchcraft looking for answers. And again, you know, one of the reasons I was drawn to work with with Hecate, because you and I both have that in common, was the fact that she does deal with the underworld, with departed souls and and the other with a capital O. (laughs) Yeah, you don't don't work with a psychopomp and not be falls deep in it yeah like you're just in it or maybe a deep i resisted dedicating to her because it wasn't something that i necessarily wanted to work with and work in (laughs) right i didn't want to immerse myself in it that deeply so we've got the opposite here i'm like yeah searching and you're like just leave me alone you can have my room I'm on the couch now. I did. I was very afraid. I tried to cut it off for for many years and kind of bury that sensitivity or whatever you want to call it. I eventually did end up dedicating to Hecate, who will frequently call mom on the show. Yes, uh, mother. Mother. She's our mother with a capital M. I was very intimidated and, and afraid of her when I first started. And as I learned to work with her, it became an understanding of these bumps in the night aren't really all that scary once you understand what they are yeah so you when you've got different sides of the spectrum where you've got somebody who is slightly sensitive is surrounded by people that are sensitive and wants to explore that push Mm -hmm. that and search for that and then you have somebody who it's a curse in a way um yeah you're like i i can't shut this off but i want to and i think Mm -hmm. the convergence there is 
it kind of Hecate solves both of that for us. <laughs> um, it's kind of like, okay, well, you want it. You got it. Here you go. Here's this open door. And then it's like, well, let's show you how to filter this yeah. for someone like you where it's like... Show you how to protect yourself. It's not a bad thing, but here's how to do it maybe a little bit so it's not so scary and you also don't want to leave that door wide open all the time Mm -hmm. Um, you do need that filter so it's kind of like a good equalizer for us it's something that's all around all the time and it's just kind of understood you open a door to an extent when you become a witch or discover your one or however you come across this path spirits are in your world now whether you like it or not so i think that's kind of what we want to discuss too is like okay well let's see how do we work with those how can you honor them it's always a good idea to think well what can i offer them if i want them to offer me something and sometimes you don't get a choice sometimes something pops up in your car yeah (laughs) sometimes you end up ubering somebody down to a local bar and they put on all kinds of you know really punk rock yeah it's one thing for the ghost for somebody to end up in your car it's another for them to take the music the control of the radio. <laughs> like, that's so personal for an Uber driver. Yeah. I've had that happen a few times where I've had just spirits just pop up in my backseat of my car and I'm like, hey, what's up? And it's funny because I've heard tell about, you know, different stories in the area about how, you know, women always put their purse not in the floorboard, but in the seat of the passenger seat. And that's so somebody won't end up riding with you. And you don't leave yeah. a chair pulled out with nothing on it because then you're inviting somebody to come in and sit with you. Right. Always keep your hands in your lap because you don't want anything to <laughs> sit down. Um, but that that goes into all those stories of the hitchhiker type spirits where yeah. it's like, I was driving down this dark back road and there's some a girl in, in a, a white long dress, dress is right yeah. there. And um, I turn around and I'm like, she's gone. I picked her up. It's taking her to prom, but um, <laughs> she's dead. She died yeah. a couple decades ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not unheard of. Um, mm-hmm. And it's certainly kind of a weird thing. I'm sure it's startling. Sometimes you're just bidden to do certain things and it's and they won't leave you alone until you do. So you just throw up your hands and you say, fine, you want some fucking coffee? I'll make some fucking coffee. It's four o'clock in the morning. Leave me alone. I want to go to bed. I have an exam tomorrow. <laughs> Here, here's a cigar. Here's some whiskey. Just, you can do whatever you want. But. Go play poker by yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, solitaire. <laughs> but I think it's a very rewarding path. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean that you still are like, I don't want to walk into this dark basement. <laughs> but you do it anyway because you have that little bit of recklessness. That's the other thing is like we want to explore more on this podcast is investigating that. And with you being so sensitive and... Um, Which you witnessed firsthand the other night. Yes. And <laughs> us being who we are, it's fun, but it's also, it feels like a duty and a calling. Maybe not only just from our goddess, but from just who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did go on an investigation to a local spot, um, which is supposedly haunted. Um, and we did get some cool experiences. Yeah, we did have a lot of different experiences and, and get a lot of evidence. Uh, we got a couple of photographs that have just kind of strange light white kind of boxes in them that we're not really sure how they got there maybe it was a reflection maybe not we're not ruling them out but yeah we're not like this is it yeah we're not really sure what made it happen that way but we have other pictures on the same roll where 
it looked fine in the previous pictures and then all of a sudden here's this bright white streak in the middle of it so there was that and then we had some we had some fun with a emf detector yeah that um, started going off and uh, we were actually able to communicate a little bit i did not expect it to spike anywhere or anything like to be honest i'm like okay well this is whatever we're walking around for what a good 10 minutes and it's like okay this tree looks cool let's take some pictures of this tree <laughs> and it was a very cool tree um it was a gorgeous and tree. uh then it, we walk over and we start getting some spikes and we do our uh skeptical thing i'm mm-hmm. like i'm holding it to the ground looking for like up. underground wires uh, or yeah, yeah. we t- put everything electronic on us on airplane mode we scan each other like we're looking for radiation or something <laughs> um and we're like nope nobody's giving off signals this is weird it's kind of and then we go to the other side or to where there's a garden and that's when shit started like okay there's something something to this with yeah. these emf readers and validating like what you saw and experienced and felt mm-hmm. and we're kind of just in this little circle of four like who else is here yeah and we start asking questions um your basic like run-of-the-mill would you like to talk to us things like that and it was weird that it would like the lights would flash in a weird pattern it was almost like it was being manipulated Mm -hmm. and we got responses with an age you know you asked that and you felt it go from your right to your left side Mm -hmm. Um, and we were able to like confirm that with the emf too because i'm like it's on my left side i can feel it and you would come in and you know you'd scan my right side and it would be pretty baseline and you'd go to my left side and it would light up bright orange so now is this how thetans work with uh, scientology is that how you find them i don't know i don't know what that means (laughs) yeah and neither do they um but anyway But yeah, so it was super, super loving your left side. Yeah. uh, So when it passed over to my left side, um, I actually kind of raised my arm up and it felt like I almost put my hand on the, on like the top of somebody's back, like in between their shoulders. I just get this image that's not quite in my regular sight, but not quite, you know, just make believe in my brain of this kind of shorter, older African-American woman. Uh, She looked to be about 50 or so. Which and we even asked about age, and she lit up. About, uh, I think at with 50. 50s, yeah. Yeah. And uh, she was wearing a brown calico dress, and she had a, a red cloth tied over her, her hair, over her head. And I kept hearing, like, a mmm sound. So we go in and listen to a presentation. It should be said that we went into this place with no knowledge of yeah. anything about it. It was spur of the moment. It popped up, and we are like, let's do it. Let's yeah. go on this... Um, investigation. I think there is something to be said for going in blind. You're about to say we got a little bit of a history lesson. We did. The investigation was put on by the Charlotte Area Paranormal Society and the leader of the organization is Tina. And Tina is a phenomenal woman and before she started her history presentation she gave us a a rundown of a lot of the... She kind of asked us if anybody had had a experience and we'd only been to the one place so far but you know I kind of raised my hand and I explained a little bit of what had happened and she confirmed it and she said oh that sounds like Martha and it turns out Tina had had her own experience not far from where we were standing uh, previously with Martha where Martha came up to her in a brown calico dress and in her you know West Indies sort of accent said hello 
and that was the extent of it but she looked so real to to tina that you know she could have sworn that there was somebody else standing there and i look over and you're like your eyes are all red and shit and they're, yeah. like, and they're all like watery i think i like, like grabbed your arm and yeah I'm like, you did do that fuck. and you're like holy shit and we're like okay so yeah. what is the rest of the night gonna bring which it did bring some stuff but that kind of like I don't know. When I said I didn't expect the EMF readers to do much, we're so used to being the, the tool. Yeah. Not, but it's like we're so used to feeling that. Um, it's that nice hair to stand have up on the some, back of your neck. Yeah, it's nice to have some there. data to kind of back yeah. up what we're feeling. Um, and so it's kind of like, okay, well, if we had not had that and we just had the EMF, it'd been like, oh, that's kind of a cool anomaly. Same thing with, well, I don't know how to validate this. I just feel like this is who it is. But then to have somebody else with the experience of somebody with a name, somebody with a a similar appearance and the same age, even now, I mean, we've had our experiences before, but even now it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, I was really nervous about starting a, a paranormal investigation. So this was not the first one I've been on by any stretch. Um, I've actually been up to uh, St. Albans in uh, Virginia as well. St. Albans is a sanatorium that has recently been reopened to the public for tours. There's a lot of activity there too. And I think we'll have to wait for another episode to really talk about that. For me to be able to go into these places willingly and knowingly subjecting myself to this and using this thing that I thought was a curse for so long being validated by by evidence by stories by other people who experienced the same thing I, I think has really helped me kind of grow into that ability as a witch with everything else not just the spirit work with uh, either being sensitive or um, all of witchcraft you get to a point where it's also personal and any kind of validation mm-hmm. uh, whether it's looked for or not is kind of like oh but there's yeah. a lot of things that I experienced working with Hecate and other things that you have. And we've kind of talked about it and we're like, holy shit, that's not just me. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, I'm not crazy. You right. do that too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a little crazy there. But, you know, I mean, you have to time. be a little crazy. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you might be thinking, OK, well, how can I do this? Or why would I even want to have this site? And, uh, and I think if you take up the mantle of the witch or you take on that role, that label whether you choose it or not it's walking in two worlds you've got a foot Mm -hmm. in both worlds i mean there's some people that um it's all olfactory they smell Mm -hmm. things people see full-bodied apparitions and of course this changes between uh experiences but some people just they have that sight and that knowledge it's like an instant download Mm -hmm. um and you're like this isn't something, where did this come from? The way I've described it before, because that's kind of how I work too. One of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was actually when I was at St. Albans. There was another woman there who was also sensitive. She told me, don't worry about labeling it. Don't worry about saying, well, I can do this, this, and this. Because saying, I can do this, this, and this, implies that you can't do the other things. And you can. Yeah, you can't self-limit. Yeah. Um, there's it's, plenty of limitations that people try to put on everybody every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, why limit yourself? And it's we're not talking about a hard co- science of cause and effect. You might have gone in and felt this on the back of your hand. Um, you saw her in your eye. The next time you go, 
somebody might be standing right in front of you and they disappear. So mm-hmm. you can't ex- you can't go in expecting one thing to happen or another because it's just each time is different. Yeah. This is the first investigation with like equipment equipment. I've been to uh, places and used digital recorders, heard nothing, mm-hmm. felt nothing. And you listen back to these recordings and you're like, okay, there was only a couple of us. We were dead quiet. There's nothing else going on. Who's talking? And who's responding to our questions? And there's times where you might not hear anything on a recording and you heard something in your ear. And I was seeing things kind of out of the corner of my eye uh, a few times too. That's a big thing, especially uh, when you get around Solon or Halloween. So many things out of your peripheral. I think the more you do it, the more it's just consistent. It's just like, okay, well, um, and you, you take some of it with a grain of salt. Every time you hear a rustle in the leaves doesn't mean it's a ghost walking up to you. You know, I think you have to kind of have that little bit of skepticism because you can't be fooled by everything. But can't be so closed off where you rule out everything. It's a nice little blend. And I think as witches, we experience that in spell work Mm. and how we connect. If you do decide to connect with a a deity or a few, or if it's just animal and plant spirits, which we'll get into, you kind of have to have that little leap of faith slash Mm. reason and... Um, you'll never get anything done if you don't believe any of it. Mm-hmm. And then you'll you'll never be effective if you believe everything. Mm-hmm. You'll fall into uh, crazy experiences that um, you're just kind of making up. So you don't really have a good foundation of where to go and where you're headed if you don't kind of blend those two. So, yeah, we're, there's tons of bugs out there. It's the south. It's hot and humid mm-hmm. in the summer. So every time you see a flash on the camera, it's like, it's probably a bug probably bug but then you get those pictures where there's like a mist and you're like okay that's kind of weird you know i'll wipe the lens off the camera Mm -hmm. um and it shows up elsewhere or it's not there it wasn't there before and then you we validate it we walk over to where we see a mist and it's like holy shit it's really cold over here yeah the emf detector's going off right you you gotta use like all your little senses and stuff but then we toured like all the rest of the grounds and it was a busy i mean there was a lot of people in the the groups but they let us spread out i was Mm -hmm. impressed by that i thought okay we're gonna be doing this as a group and they kind of just were like here's a thing you go do a thing let us know if you saw a thing and that was kind of cool because i was i was excited by that because i expected to kind of be going more through the house and like a ghost tour yeah that didn't that's really not what happened which was good because i mean what were there like four groups of 18 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, that's almost a hundred people, right? So, what ninety people? I thought, okay, we're gonna go on this tour. We'll walk by. They've got something set up, and they're like, "Hey guys, let's see if we get anything." All right, walk down there. But they just they let us go to f- like four different locations. The one was an informative thing, but the rest were just kind of you go out and explore for about forty five minutes. Yeah. And Which was really neat. There were people around, but you felt like you were your own little team and stuff. So it didn't feel mm-hmm. like we had to, like, worry. Even you pulled your pendulum out the one time in the uh, cellar. I um, freaked some muggles out. Yeah, I do, <laughs> I do think you freaked that kid out. She's like, oh, my God, that thing in her hand's moving. It's like, yeah, it's supposed to. Yeah, that's the purpose of it. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I often do when I go into a place where I feel that, that there is spirit activity is I will actually pull off a necklace or I have rocks that are attached to a cord or a chain and I will do a form of divination called pendulum. So I'll use my pendulum and I'll ask it to show me a yes. So it will swing a certain way. So I know that if it swings that way, the answer to my question was a yes. And then I'll ask it to show me a no. It'll swing a different way. So I set up that baseline and then I asked some questions. The other night, uh, we went in, tried to connect 
with a spirit who was supposed to reside in the basement of this old house that we were investigating. And, you know, I went over there and I did my baseline and I asked if he was here. And he said, I got a yes. And then I asked, you know, would you like to speak with us? And I got a no. And I said, okay, thanks for your time and walked away. Having that experience and watching some of the people that were around us who aren't practitioners watch me do that, I think kind of freaked them out a little bit. But in that mindset and in what we were doing, it wasn't out of the realm. It wasn't super weird for them. I think they Mm -hmm. were kind of like, oh, okay, we're all here looking for the same thing and we'll take whatever kind of connection we can get. There are a lot of other spirits. You think of animal spirits. I know we've had pets that were dear to us that passed. You feel them jump in the bed at night. I've, I've had that happen to me, too. Yeah, um, you feel them brush by. Well, especially with dogs and things, too. I mean, they've done studies that show that with dogs, they have dreams about their owners. I mean, their owners are their life. Let's be honest. A cat spirit is going to be the same. It's not going to come to you. No. Unless it wants to. So don't think your cat's going to somehow be more uh, attentive to you if it's in a ghost spirit form. No, it's still going to knock shit off the end of the table. And yeah. Yeah. Um, As a witch, uh, I think everybody's kind of used to thinking of animal spirits in kind of like whether you want to call it a totem, a guide, um, a spirit animal. You know when there's something as a collective spirit that's interested in you. We have, both of us have barred owl experiences mm-hmm. um, with Hecate that, you know, you'd think, oh, well, this has followed me around the whole time. But no, it's it's just weird and it stands out. Um, you've got connections to spirit of the fox. Mm-hmm. Um, and these aren't specific fox spirits. Like, you're, it's not, oh, I knew this fox personally and now <laughs> his spirit. It's the, like, the encompassing um of all the fox energy and that Mm -hmm. idea of the fox spirit and then you've got those personal nature spirits around you actually i think our next episode will be about working locally with witchcraft like how to get your stuff how you don't have to get some crazy plant from uh that only grows in corner of australia if you live (laughs) in america you can go out and probably use kudzu for some shit one of the best Mm -hmm. things i've heard and i suck at gardening um is the best way to work and learn a plant is to grow it from a seed learn it's in and out like you build such a bond with that overall plant spirit it takes on its own properties for you this isn't i'm gonna wikipedia what um i can use basil for if you grow it use it and smell it and build this relationship with it you fucking know what it's for it'll tell you what it's for or if you don't have that experience, you know, from growing it from a seed, you know, if you go you can out, buy it too. yeah, you can go out and buy a pot of basil at your farmer's market or your grocery store or something like that, you know, set it on your counter and just talk to it. Yes, you can talk to it. Yeah. See, because if I tried to grow it from a seed, it's like, okay, well, this is a bad relationship. It's going to end soon. <laughs> it's never even going to blossom. And yeah. uh, be mindful of where you are. Um, I collect things all the time from my backyard. And I never do it without a little bit of a thanks or, you know, leave something. Even if that's, well, I'm going to take some of this basil for a spell work. Make sure you, like, give it some good shit. Like, water it, yeah. you know, when you're supposed to. Um, water it really good. And that's coming from somebody Thank who it. can't keep things alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do my best. I have, I have a few plants I've made to keep alive so i do better with with house plants than i do with herbs and flowering things so <laughs> but part of that is because my cats like to knock things over or eat them or let's not talk about the stuff. fact that we had grand ideas for this poison garden and <laughs> i've got seed packets of like belladonna and all this mm. stuff it's not something that just you plant and put some water on and watch it sprout it's work it's work that i want to be able to do but like it's not 
my thing. But if it's your thing, that's a great way to connect with the, the, the spirit of it. I wish I had more of a green thumb, so Having, definitely. Yeah, I have a black thumb. <laughs> and uh, I think the same thing with animal spirits. Like, if, if you like an animal or you feel a calling or something like that, if you can get and make sure it's sourced properly, you don't. if you mm-hmm. have some kind of feather or fur or bone or tooth or something from an animal. I mean, our dogs, they're so bad sometimes. We have their baby teeth. If I ever want to call on one of their spirits, I've got their little baby tooth, but they're not going to be any help for anything. They're they're (laughs) useless. I love them, but they're useless. They're not like the one who we had. Uh, We had her cremated. Both my wife and I have a, she's has got a ring and I've got a uh, necklace that has like those little bit of ashes in them. We just had this weird experience where she decided to wear this ring after several months of not wearing it. And I talked about her at work to some coworkers. We get home and we're like, holy shit, like that whole Facebook thing of like today on this day, like it was the day that we um, had to put her to sleep. And oh, wow. yeah, it was like, so it was like a year to right. And it was oh, kind of wow. like her energy was present. Sometimes you overlook it, but then sometimes you stop and think, okay, I know you're still here. But who better to care about your witchcraft and what you're up to and to help move along your spell work than all the stuff you interact with daily? Spirits, uh, plants, animals, ancestors. um, Deities are great, but, you know, they're busy sometimes. And and you have to think, okay, well, is my great-grandfather, like, that I see and hear and smell in the house, is he going to help me out more than this? Probably. Because, I mean, what else is he going to do? I mean... He was a big part of your life, and you were a big part of his. And that's just an example. I mean, everybody's different. My go-to is my demon familiar, who is always, like, ready to go do something. (laughs) Mom or Hecate is not always the most present. Mm -hmm. She kind of sits back and is like, "You you got it. But it doesn't mean you're alone, and it doesn't mean you don't have those partnerships. And I would say as, as often as you hang out with friends or have friends do you favors or you do them favors or leave gifts. You do that with the spirits too. And um, mm-hmm. the more you think about it, the more you will see, the more you, you're uh, paying attention to it. For Samhain and Halloween, we always leave out uh, like uh, food for ancestors, past loved ones, and local spirits. Um, whiskey, tobacco, all the good stuff that everybody loves. We put a candle in the window. I don't remember where that originated from, but it, the idea is to kind of like have a light and kind of like a in an honor of of those spirits and kind of a welcoming thing if you will same thing with uh we put out chimes mm-hmm. um it said that if you hear the chimes on halloween night that you uh are in the presence of a spirit or something's around there mm-hmm. and yeah like we had said it could be a breeze but it puts you in that mindset and it makes you more open and i think that's really all you need to do to have an experience of your own you might already be suspicious of something trying to get your attention and it's not is it's not so scary not everything's out there looking to like possess you like fucking exorcist and all that some things just want to say hello or they want to be acknowledged or maybe they're like god i've seen you struggle with this day in and day out and you always misplace your keys and i'm just trying to help you remember where to put them <laughs> um, now sometimes they will take and hide things from you but you know yeah. whatever but I've, it, I've had many things disappear just shit. and just sometimes i get them back and sometimes i don't so right. I, my rings don't come back to me when my rings disappear they're gone uh some other things like tarot decks and and bottles of perfume and things like that. You know, stuff that was really valuable 
to me, sentimentally, uh, did come back to me. But even though my rings were incredibly, some of the most sentimental things that I've ever had, they just, they're gone. You run into problems when it's, when you, when you talk about something that's shiny and pretty and has that kind of power to it, uh, things like to use those and, Mm -hmm. and borrow them. You can kind of decide to maybe live in harmony, keep your house clean. That's easier said than done, but, Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that burn some good incense or light some candles if you hear bumps in the night maybe that is something let them do what they do because you do you get especially as a witch you get all these little spirits that hang out and most of them want to work with you and help you out because i think we have the in the end the ultimate goal of trying to navigate all this you respect you put that out there you get it back you know you scratch my back i scratch yours so um, there is a lot to be said to be working with every type of spirit What's what's next? Well, so we I know I kind of I kind of want to get on my soapbox a little bit. Oh yes. Um, so one of the things that I saw uh, very frequently in some of the metaphysical shops that I've worked in over the years, or even just being a witch and having people come to me and say, "I think there's a, a ghost in my house." You know, one of the things I often say is, well, have you tried to talk to it? And they say, oh, I don't believe in Ouija boards and yada, 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 which that's another episode. We'll get there. With spirits and things like that, sometimes the best thing you can do is just try to make friends because you have to realize that, you know, one day you're going to be a spirit too. You would want somebody to treat you with respect. I think one of the big things is to just go out there and, you know, if you're hearing stuff, you know, your cabinets keep opening and stuff like that in your kitchen, maybe they're looking for something. So say, you know, what is it you're looking for? And, you know, just be open to the it's experience. like you never keep anything good in here. I know. I'm <laughs> um, sorry. You know, maybe they want, want some white cheddar cheese popcorn or some coffee or chocolate or cigarettes or something like that. Whatever it was that they really like, just be open to whatever it is that you're smelling, tasting, and maybe put that out for them. You may find that, you know, your cabinets open less often. Things tend to go missing less. There's little bad luck instances where yeah. you're like oh shit, I dropped this, or it's just, it's like a harmony thing. And who knows, this spirit might be somebody super close to you and you wouldn't treat that friend like that. So, I mean, that's a great soapbox to be on. And it's just like how we are with other people. When you try to be empathetic to people and see Mm -hmm. things through their eyes and kind of experience what they experience, like your understanding opens. It's the same thing with spirits. It's like working with other people. You give them a chance, try to make those bonds. Maybe there is something throwing shit around your house, like poltergeist level shit. Yeah. I wouldn't call a priest. Try try working with it first and talking to it first. And then if things escalate, you know, there are other things that you can do uh, to try to cleanse or purify the space or satiate them or, you know, even evict them if you need to. That's the thing is people tend to fly off the handle and be very alarmist about this kind of stuff. It's and fear. It's rooted in, yeah. in being scared of... Uh, yeah, the one of the, the I think one of the biggest tools in our arsenal is learning how to navigate through the fear in order to arrive at understanding. And I think if we applied that to not just spirits and the paranormal and the occult, but to everything, I think the world would be a very different, possibly better place. Yeah, and um, I think it's okay to be afraid. It's mm-hmm. normal. Like I said, like, take that step 
fear, and you'll be met fear back. Is, fear is good. Fear is primal. Fear. It's a, there's a reason it's there. Yeah. It fears to a save warning. your ass from shit. Yeah. That you might fear get is, into. Fear is a, is a good way to protect yourself. It's There's a reason it's hardwired into us. But you're also a, a thinking, logical human being. You can assess it and say... All right, you know, is this rooted in something? Why am I feeling that way? I think it's just being aware, practicing that mindfulness that everybody's all talking about. Yeah, it doesn't mean I need to go get a Ouija board and um, (laughs) light a bunch of candles, but you can just. I mean, you can do that if you want to. I'm all into that. I would do it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you'd be surprised. Mm -hmm. You might be surprised in what happens for you. Maybe they're trying to get your attention for a good reason. It does well to not just ignore it or try to be scared of it. It is what it is. You don't know unless you ask. Um, some I've heard say, uh, and I'm not too far off of uh, liking the idea, but um, your magic only happens because of the other side and spirits. Mm-hmm. Because, now don't get me wrong, you've got power. Be empowered by that. But when you throw stuff out there with intent and all that, it's got to go somewhere. And if you've got things that um, are willing to help you and assist you, your magic is going to be so much more effective. It's that, again, the overlying theme seems to be that harmony of living with each other and whether they're dead or not. Um, (laughs) uh, So I think if you're listening to this, you're probably already on that path or you're interested in it. So don't get us wrong. Uh, We're obviously practicing witches and pagans and we have a goal of this being um, teachable and kind of knowledge and entertainment for those. But uh, this is for everybody anybody can talk to spirits going back to what i said before i think you'd be surprised at what opens up and what you start to notice i I would agree with that definitely there's an interest in this and yes even though people are scared of it they want to connect there's a longing there that's just instinctual and natural for us whether it be because you miss somebody in your family or or you think there's something in your house i think there's a natural drive and longing to explore it and understand it um and it's so much easier than you would think and i think that's what we're trying to get at get at here you don't have to have fancy equipment no it's fun it's cool just be and ask and be open and so spirits are a great deal of what we work with what we love and that's going to be an underlying current in this podcast. I think any old average person, which or not, can kind of connect to spirits. Meditation's always great too. Whatever pops into your mind, you know? If it feels like it's not your thought, yeah, it might not be. <laughs> it might not be. Um, and you will feel like you're making it up, but sometimes you can't help it. There's yeah. You're going to hear and see stuff that... If it is, feels like somebody, you know, plugged in a um, like a USB drive and dropped some files into your into your brain, maybe you're, you're accessing something yes. other. With a um, capital O. <laughs> right, yeah. And so we talked about kind of maybe how just the everyday person, which or not, uh, muggle or not, can experience and work with spirits. But since we are witches here, we need to talk about how, um, I know we touched on divination, but um, mm-hmm. how to work with spirits with spell work. Yeah. How to leave them offerings and things like this. Because yeah. that's kind of what we do. Yeah. So what what maybe is one of your favorite things to do with uh, spirits and a spell work for me a lot of times i connect to the spirits of different places that i go that are very sacred to me and very important to me mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times they're up in the blue ridge mountains up in the mountains up in the mountains i i'm definitely of that uh john muir school of thought where the landscape becomes part of your soul i really revere and honor the spirits that are in those locations so i will go there and i will sit with them or meditate or sing to them 
you know, just go in. Uh, a lot of times I'll take things from the area if I feel that it's okay. Or I'll take a flower or I'll, you know, take a really cool rock or something. That, that is I important, found. though, to either feel welcome to take it yeah, or like to ask, ask permission. permission. Yeah. Uh, if you feel like you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, you probably don't, do don't want to do that. Or do it. But, I mean... It's not probably going to work out the best. Yeah, there might be some consequences. So, like when you go to the the Petrified National Fo- National Forest, mm-hmm. and they ask you, please don't take the rocks. Or when you go to certain sacred locations in Hawaii from uh, at the volcanoes, and they ask you, don't take the rocks. And what do you do? You take the fucking rocks. People take the rocks, and they get hundreds upon thousands of packages every year of people returning the rocks and saying my life went to shit please take this back and appease the angry god that i pissed off we both connected to that area call it all the courts that's there call it home uh it's just there's a natural pool there you know the oldest mountains in the world books are great Google's yeah. great. Friends are great. But sometimes you have to experience it. And things want to show and tell you things. So that meditation, like you said, um, going up there and just being in that environment can get all the like sparks yeah. flying for inspiration, for answers to questions. Like I said, you don't have to think of spirit communication as Ouija board. Mm-hmm. You are the Ouija board. Um, yeah. It's just a bit of wood with a little planchette on top. And what's happening is you're receiving information. You and are, you can give it too. You are the lightning rod. You are the dowsing rod. You are all of it you are what makes it work it's the spirit working and communicating through you the ouija board and everything else the pendulum it's just a tool to help you understand what they're telling you when you get to a point where bones and i are where we've worked in this for a long time a lot of times we don't need the tools because we can interpret how we feel because we're familiar with these responses. I'll often go up there and, you know, take a rock or, or something like that to put on my altar or to keep with me, you know, if I'm having a hard time or something like that. So I can tap back into that energy. I, I think I also have like a bottle of water that I collected on the, like a cancer full moon or something like that. You know, cancer is a water sign. It's all about healing. And so I went to one of my favorite waterfalls and collected a bottle of water. And Did you drink it? I, I don't drink it. I use it in spell work. Okay, good. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know if that would be safe. <laughs> it's kind of brown. Sometimes you take risks. I mean, it's good to swim in, but I don't know if I'd drink it. It's one of those things. And, you know, the last time there were all of these beautiful rocks that were just calling me, calling me, calling me. And I had nothing to to really give. Instead, what I did was I picked up all the trash in the area and took it back out to my car and, and threw it away. So I picked up cigarette butts and plastic wrappers and things like that that people had left as, a, as an act of service. Because it doesn't always have to be a material thing when you're working with a god or a spirit or something like that. Sometimes taking care of, you know, the stray cats outside if you're devotee of bast or something. Or you just like cats and you want to work with the the cat spirits that are in your area by taking care of the ones that are still living you know that's definitely a way of showing reverence and respect and maybe they will reach out to you yeah things uh around you take notice in how you act and what you do uh it doesn't take long for whatever might have been around at that time when you picked up the rocks and cleaned up the trash to say hey i like her next time she's up here i'm gonna show her this Mm -hmm. or i'm gonna tell her this yeah, it's little stuff like that. If you if you kind of think about it in that sense, offering service to that, kind of swapping the gifts. I know mm-hmm. I'm big on um, collecting graveyard dirt. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say you can do it from a uh, particular grave. Uh, you can ask permission. You can do all this. I particularly don't 
like to do that. I like to work with more of the energy of uh, the graveyard. The um, graveyard itself instead so, of this particular person. Yeah, so like some people yeah. will suggest, oh, if you need like uh, a warrior energy, uh, go to a soldier's grave. You can put that up to you and how you feel about it. I particularly don't want to narrow it down to one particular spirit, and I don't mm. want to assume that everybody's going to want to work with me. So I like yeah. to get the feeling of the graveyard for the different purposes. So yeah. uh, one of the big thing to do, especially around here, and I think everywhere, but whiskey's big, tobacco's big, pennies. Yes, uh, uh, different coins. coins. Yeah. Um, so the hole we dug graveyard dirt out of when we went to Savannah, we filled it with tobacco, pennies, and some whiskey. Nice. And we thanked everything for letting us be there and um, taking it. We asked permission first. We took it off, no, not near any sites. It was in the grounds, but it was off in a little uh, area that had, had not um, had any occupants, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's kind of, you know, being respectful as well. If you ask permission and you get this weird feeling, probably just move along. Yeah. Because, like I said, things like things and they're possessive of their stuff. and Or their you space. You yeah, know? you don't know what's, what's claimed something. Yeah, um, like there was an area when we were doing our investigation the other night, kind of towards the back of uh, the garden, and, you know, we all were feeling this really heavy presence. And, you know, we tried to communicate and it was very quiet. The more we went in, the more we felt like, I don't feel like I should be here. So we ended up leaving. And honestly, that's one of the best things that you can do is just listen to that inner voice saying, somebody doesn't want me here. And saying, all right, thank you for your time. And heading out, you know, going and finding somewhere else to investigate with someone who is open to talking to you. Yeah, it's not like those shows I'm sure, uh, if you're listening to this, you've seen because you're interested in all this fun stuff, where you just feel like you're just a bully. Yeah, like, where they antagonize. Yeah, stuff. like, yeah. who the fuck do you think you are? Like, to go in and throw your weight around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm here to talk. Like, go fuck yourself. Because yeah. that's what I would do if I was a spirit. I would probably go a little bit further than just um, ignoring him. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying any names, you get the idea. Some people just think you might get responses antagonizing things. Is it that's really not what, worth it? But that's not what we're here to do. We're, yeah. we're here to work and understand and um, grow as witches and people and tend to nature. And I mean, we're only here because of it. And um, right now it needs a lot of help. So every little bit of service, I think, makes a huge impact. So if you walk with respect and honor, you get it back. And like I said, again, you'll be surprised. Your spell work will get more effective. Yeah. It's kind of like when you go to a business meeting and you're, you're networking. It's networking. Yeah. You it's can be good friends space. with, you know, the big wig at the top, you know, all the gods and goddesses and stuff like that. And that's well and good. But is he going to respond to your emails? Right. You need you need to become friends with their secretary or the vice president or the people below him, you know, the people in HR, you know, in order to be able to get those get things done. Get to know those done. interns because you really want to get your Starbucks yeah. in. And you want your order right and you don't want them to spit in it. Right. It's about keeping it even and, and keeping everybody happy and not being too focused on just the big wigs at the top. And be a so. little humble. Then you can build a little friendship. And um, for me, I um, have a very strong uh, resource in my spirit familiar. She handles all that. When I do a spell, I trust that. And I have the experience to know um, she's going to carry it as far as she can carry it. And it's it helps to have a, a friend on the other side carry it or mm-hmm. multiple ones and you yeah. build those connections you build those networks um and acquaintances that become closer friends some might just be a simple nod of respect when you're in an area and others may actively 
work with you day to day. And I mean, it sort of becomes, you know, when you are doing spell work with them, it almost becomes almost like a, a spirit pony expe- express. Yes. So you put your, your energy out there and you do your spell work and you send it off and you hand it to this elemental that likes to reside in the creek behind your house, you know, and then they say, well, this isn't really my kind of thing, but I can hand it off to this spirit over I, here. I got a guy. Yeah. I know someone. So before you know it, there's this whole network of of spirits that are now concerned with your problem. It's a really interesting way of viewing this web of interconnectedness within nature and how you can... I love it. And that's yeah. how I see it. It's like a an intertwined... Um, you, I don't know, you're doing a spell to get a job. Well, you don't know anybody at that job, but mm-hmm. through that network, hell, you don't know. You're, this spirit you call to knows this one, knows that one, and they're like... This person, you know, I'll put in a good word or kind of influence. Yeah, do that. Um, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, it also has the opposite thing where they kind of carry it out and somebody along the line is like, whoa, 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 this can't happen right now or this can't happen like this. So mm-hmm. sometimes you might have a spell where you think, oh, God, don't blame them. Um, well, maybe not blame yourself either. But, you know, sometimes you don't know what all goes down that line but it's like channels Mm -hmm. and bridges it's like shooting the arrow watching it go Mm -hmm. and they're gonna keep it's like a relay race almost what i've told you before i I see it as um you can ask a stranger to do something for you you can force them to do it at like gunpoint or something or you can they might get it done for you but you're not gonna you know get a good reaction out of it do you watch parks and rec at all i have do you remember the episode where ron swanson and chris traeger do the experiment on Jerry? Maybe. Where they ask well him to... Oh my god, I watch Parks and Rec so much. It's it's sad. Uh, but they ask him to uh, file either blue folders or maroon folders. And Chris rewards Jerry and, you know, talks him up and talks about how he's such a... How he's such a great, you know, integral cog to the system and yada, yada, yada. And he, he does all this filing, but he spends ten minutes on the phone with... with his wife Gail first, you know, talking about how, you know, all these great things that Chris said about him. And then Ron comes in, threatens him, takes his food away, says you can eat when you're done, (laughs) you know, uh, does the typical Ron Swanson thing. He ends up filing more of Ron's files than he did Chris's. But almost all of Ron's files were wrong. wrong. So because he was doing it in such a state of panic and fear that it wasn't really getting the message through. Sometimes it's better when you're working with these spirits to be kind to them. But, I mean, then again, you are still going to have your trickster spirits, like the Fae or something like that. Who that doesn't mean you, they won't get it done, but the, they're the going to have some fun with it. The Fae are, like, chaotic, neutral, to a fault. Like, they, they are constantly out for number one, and they're going to do it only if it really benefits them. If they do decide to help you out, it may manifest in a way that you don't expect it to. <laughs> right. But it's, you know, worth worth a shot. Yeah. Maybe. I, I kind of, I have a, a strong reverence for the Fae, but I don't fucks with the Fae because I don't find them reliable enough. Does that make sense? To me, yeah. Okay. I, mean, you gotta, I guess you gotta go with what you're comfortable with. Yeah. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's like, you just, I think you have to know. Yeah, and you everybody's, have to experience it. You everybody's have to get used wheelhouse to it. is different. The familiar I work with, she might not work uh, with everybody's idea of what they want. I'm very personal with her, so I know mm-hmm. she's got my best interest in mind. I know what to expect 
how it's going to go down mm-hmm. and some other people might turn around and use that and it just it doesn't work out the same way but that's the whole building relationships we were talking about they get it done but they're going to do it their way if you can rely on them it's like you have that friend that you know okay they'll help me but i know they're going to be fucking late they're always late <laughs> um it's <clears throat> me <laughs> Or, you know, or you've got the friend who's, they're so prompt, but they're not as helpful. You can, you can pick and choose or you can have an, my familiar, if she can't do it, she's going to hand it off. She's going to make connections and know who's going to be able to handle it. And that works for me. Again, it's, it's, I had to build the same relationship there. I had to, you know, there's offerings, um, you exchange and you, you do services for them. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's years of, uh, of work there, uh, building your relationship with your familiar, uh, just as you would build it with, you know, a spirit that maybe is a residual energy of someone who was a former resident of your home or a pet or something like that or even just a fae an elemental you know something like that or even like a brownie or you know a house spirit that you know you have to build a bond you have to build a friendship a relationship you you have to build a strong foundation first like any friendship sometimes sometimes you click really well and you get along and you become bffs forever and other times it's like okay well you know you build a relationship there um and it's built on trust and um it doesn't just happen overnight you know you want something big done and they bring it to you and they help bring your intent you better fucking figure out what they like and and give them a whole bunch of it because they are into that shit for me it it can be everything from coffee's a big one chocolate and this is just for my familiar so you know it's Mm -hmm. easy to get but if you're working with a particular spirit of um say an animal or plant or local look up what they they like uh because i think there's specifics for like brownies and fairies they like cream and a lot of the uh a lot of the brownies and and fae and things like that that come over from scotland and ireland they they tend to like uh milk or cream a really good piece of bread or cake um who doesn't i mean seriously And I don't mean, you know, the the end piece, the butt of the bread that nobody really wants. I mean, uh, that's my favorite part, though. Oh, is it really? So I would like, I would offer that because and that's see, a sacrifice for me. If I gave, if I offered the end crust of bread, I'd be like, I really want that piece. Of that's the, it's the sacrifice of the thing. Yes. You know, uh, with me, I always like the really crunchy end part of like a baguette or something like that. But yeah, like the butt of sandwich bread, that's not a thing. Oh, for the me. butt. Yeah, I do like the butt though. Like, <laughs> Uh, peanut butter and jelly with the, like the two end pieces. I will dig. I have dug through a <laughs> loaf of bread to get that, especially like when it's a good like fancy bread. Mm-hmm. Speaking of brownies and creams, I like the end corner of brownies. Mm-hmm. So if I offer you an end corner brownie, or like the the corner piece of lasagna, or macaroni yeah, the crusty, cheese. the crusty. Yeah. Piece. If I mm-hmm. offer my familiar or spirit that crusty piece, it's genuine. Yeah, like because that hurts me inside to give that up. Yeah. It's that's a it's part. a it's a big sacrifice. It's the best part to you. So I think that that that's really the the point. And for me, I would not give them the butt of the sandwich bread. I would give them, you know, the really gloriously nice and fresh and soft piece from the middle. Not the piece you know? with a hole in it. Not the piece with a big hole in it. it. Nope. You don't want your your peanut butter and jelly leaking through the hole. <laughs> No, you don't want that part. You want the piece that's damn near perfect. It's that kind of sacrifice and reverence that I think is really important in... They may even like weird shit. Like, even if it's just you find out they like a certain scent, burn that incense. I'm like blood sometimes. But you know what? Blood work is a whole other thing. 
Um, and <laughs> we'll, I would we'll not touch just, on that later. I would not just give anything <laughs> a drop of your blood. No. But um, so it's it's one of those things where you'll you'll know, and it's instinct. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's instinct. Um, I think it's like what you said, like the USB download. If you're like pickles, what the fuck do they want pickles? <laughs> just give them a pickle, see what happens. Because you know, yeah, um, they let you know. In advance, that's happened with me with working with Hecate. It's happened to me with my familiar. Uh, I think you get a feel like when you're out in the graveyard, if you don't have pennies or tobacco, but something just tells you put this here or you've got this on you, leave this, then do it because there's a reason you're feeling that. Mm -hmm. You're connected. You're trying to connect. There have been times when I visited a really sacred place for me, uh, a place called Soco Falls up in the mountains of North Carolina. I didn't have anything on me to really give to the spirits of that area, but I had a huge connection with an ancestral type spirit. So I dug through my bag to, to figure out what I could give, and I had a little bit of essential oil a couple of tumbled stones that I I usually carry with me. It just felt right to anoint those stones with the oil and and leave them at the base of this waterfall because that's what I needed to do, you know? So it's one of those things where you just kind of have to listen to your gut and it's something that really can't be taught. It's it's really just has to be practiced. And you know what? It's not always expecting something. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about giving, Halloween is a good time. Mm -hmm. And Samhain to leave offerings not for thanks for, I mean, not for payment for anything, but just to honor and respect and as a remembrance. It, it doesn't always have to be an exchange of goods or services. It can just be, I see you, I respect you, and I'm thinking about you. When that time comes that you're like, oh, I need a spell and I, I want some help, guess who is going to be, ears are going to perk up. It's going to mm-hmm. be those spirits, ancestors, whatever they may be, that were like, I like their work. I like what they do. I'm going to help them out um, because they've always been kind and great to me. In the end, it might not make your spellcraft any more effective mm-hmm. than what you're doing, but it sure as hell ain't going to hurt it. And I think uh, especially when you talk about psychopomp deities like Hecate or Persephone or uh, Hermes. Wow, those are just all just Greek right there. But, just I all mean, Greek. You know, uh, <laughs> Pre-Greek slash Greek, whatever. But, you know, uh, if when you deal with something like that, it's going to be more prevalent in your uh, witchcraft and it's going to feel more natural. That's not to say that somebody who um, follows one that's particularly not related to death can't do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't care if you're listening to this, if you're a witcher or not, that's always good to do on Halloween. Just think about those that you've lost or that you still feel around or mm-hmm. came before you. Yeah, it's it's easy to do. Like I said, it doesn't have to be spell work. but Right. And even if you don't appeal to these entities and things like that, maybe... You know, they'll do things that you're not really seeing or you're not really asking them to. If you make friends with the guy who hangs out in your kitchen and is constantly looking for blueberry muffins, if that's your deal, you know, and you make friends with him, maybe he'll run off somebody who wants to come in here and and who may have more malevolent intent. I don't think if you open yourself even a little bit that you can ignore every little thing but it's a beautiful thing to delve into and work with from every aspect from losing keys to uh, <laughs> uh really getting some serious spell work uh accomplished you know this part of it has been very heavy on like how to do the spell work and offerings to leave so mm-hmm. um, i guarantee you if you work with or practice witchcraft they're just right around the corner it's so rewarding it's so easy to do it's so accessible to just 
reach out. Mm -hmm. The veil is always thin. It's just a good way to, I think, live what you're not. I can't wait to to get into more of these little... More specific specific, ways. Yeah, 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 we will, uh, for sure. But um, I think that's just a a good overview of what we... uh, do and what we're passionate about. Mm -hmm. I would agree. It's such a personalized experience that you really have to work on it yourself and figure out what works for you. Is there anything else to touch Uh, on on our our spirit episode? Shit. Um, There's so much to talk about. There is. But we do have to limit it for now. Because there's just so much stuff and there's so many bullet points here and I could go on and I could talk for an hour on each one of them and we will eventually, but... (laughs) Now, so we are newer at this. This will be our first one when it comes out. We've got... First episode. We got... uh, So yeah, bear with us on this. Um, (laughs) But we've got... Well, we've got like social media accounts that we're going to have up and running. And the big thing that we want to do going forward with this podcast, not just this episode, we... If we're lucky enough to have amazing listeners which i'm sure we'll get a couple here and there Mm -hmm. we love sharing our stories we want to hear those stories if you are listening to this when it posts or a couple years from now because you just found it and somehow we are still going we want (laughs) emails or posts or whatever uh we want to do q a's in some Mm -hmm. shape or form coming up so we want this to be you know an inclusive show where we hear from you and we're not here just to teach and share our experiences we want to learn like we're always searching um we we are thirsty bitches yes for anything occult and paranormal yeah so like slide on up into our dms on twitter or instagram leave a comment on patreon or you know send us an email at cursedpodcast at gmail.com you know we'd love to hear from you and we may even share some of your stories later on down the road uh we may do like specific episodes where it's all you know listeners telling their stories yes Um, uh, like ghost story time yeah or local urban legends or something like that or we may share them over on our patreon uh so if you want to check out uh, our patreon we do have that set up and i think it's just a dollar to join and you'll get all kinds of special you know access to more ghost stories from us and behind the scenes stuff all kinds of stuff yeah and it's just a, a cool way to help us do what we want to do we want to involve as many people as possible because um, that's what our community is about here locally we have our community we kind of refer to as the village we've Mm kind of known each other through uh, local witch shops and events and and things around this area Mm -hmm. but that idea of community and that feeling where we're all in this together and we're all learning together and, and we never stop. Learning. And we are very solitary practice. <laughs> don't, don't think we're like in some official coven and shit. But no, um, not at all. Even solitary, you find yourself, you know, um, bouncing those ideas off and be it um, being heard or some validation. It's not out of reach for whoever it is. Uh, witchcraft is not this big scary mountain you have to try to climb. Uh, it's a journey. They're all different types of witches here ready mm-hmm. to like... Um, support each other. We wanted to have a com- communal feel where no matter where you're listening, you feel a part of this and you can relate to us and we most certainly will relate to you. You know, not just reaching out to spirits, but each other. Yeah. Support your witches. Support your local witchcraft. Do the things. Hex the patriarchy. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So, I like it. Um, that's how this is going to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. I guess this is it. This is wrapping it up? I guess so. Definitely make sure you give us a follow on any of our social media and reach out if you want to check out our Patreon. But we will see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. 
Cursed is a bi-weekly podcast produced by Bones McWilliams and Cricket Word. Editing by Bones McWilliams and Nicholas Ely. The theme for Curse is Voice of the Trees by Sun and Moon Dance. Check them out on Spotify, YouTube, or at sunandmoondance.bandcamp.com. Follow Curse on Instagram, Twitter, and become a patron at patreon.com slash cursecast. Bye, Job. I think you've got it.